tonight, tonight we get to hear from the heart from Megan Reedy. Give it up for Megan Reedy. Thank you. Thanks, Crispy. Thanks, everyone. I'm super excited to be teaching tonight. I taught at my old church that I used to go to before Crossroads, but it's my first time teaching here. So I'm really excited to be here with y'all and very grateful. Um, whoa, thanks. Um, yeah, I'm super excited about it. Also, no promises that it's going to be good. I'm not promising it's going to be great, but I am promising I'm going to love it. So bear with me. All right. So different from Dana, I actually don't know very many of you. So I thought it would be kind of fun just to do like a quick intro of who I am so you can get to know me a little bit more tonight. First things first, name is Megan. I was born and raised in Texas. Any Texas people out there? There we go. You either love us or hate us. So was born and raised in Texas. I played college softball. I love anything outdoors. I like being outside, being hiking. I like going paddle boarding. I play slow pitch softball, all the things. Um, I'm 29 years old. I have three siblings. So I am the youngest of four and I have seven nieces and nephews. So fun little picture. This is just like a fun picture of my fam this July 4th weekend. Y'all may notice the guy over to the right with the long curly hair. I will claim him. Um, he is why I'm here. So it's super fun. But yeah, this is my family, a little insight to how we live. I'm in the middle and I'm holding a little girl. She's three years old. So the next pictures is Reagan. And this is important, Little Miss Sass. So the youngest in the family often is just like resilient because we have to keep up with the older siblings. Like we're filled with sass, we're pretty bold, and we're just trying to keep up. So this is Reagan. This is her in all of her different outfits. And, you know, she's got her big bow on. She's loving it. She slept in it. All the good things. So the reason that I show this picture of Reagan after doing a little introduction of myself is... I'm actually going to use her in an analogy tonight that I kind of came up with when I was just praying through, hey, Lord, there's some spiritual concepts that I'd like to communicate out of what you've been impressing on my heart. And the Lord was really kind to just show me a picture of something that I think is really simple that we can kind of reference back to you throughout tonight's teaching. That being said, little Miss Reagan, the picture I got was Reagan and I were baking a cake. So we're baking this cake, and when you're baking a cake, the order in how you do certain things matters. So first and foremost, if you've ever baked anything, but specifically thinking about baking a cake, you have to first mix the ingredients together. Then you bake the cake in the oven, and then after that, you ice it. And the picture I got was little Miss Sass, the three-year-old that seems to know everything with her arms all posed out, was telling me that she wanted to ice the cake before we baked it. She was just really persistent, insisted that we ice the cake before we bake it. And the reality is, is that when we were doing things out of order, it just got messy. Like it doesn't work to ice the cake before you bake it. It doesn't work to just throw the box of cake mix into the oven. It gets messy. It would cause fires. It's not the order in which it's intended to be. And so tonight, we're going to be talking through the fact that order matters in how we pursue God. 
There's an order in how we pursue the Lord. And there's also an order of priorities of how he pursues us. So to my little note takers, people that I like structure, so if you don't, I'm so sorry, but we're going to go through two main chunks. The first thing that we're going to go through tonight is order matters. We should first and foremost be lovers of God that work for him, not workers for God that also just happen to love him. So go ahead and repeat that back. It's also on the screen. Who we are at our core is that we are first and foremost people that love God. And then we work and do things for him. Not people that are just working for God endlessly and also happen to love him because we're called to and we're supposed to. We are people that love God first and foremost. So that's the first thing we're going to go through. The second thing that we're going to go through is cool, like great concept, love it, awesome phrase. How do I do that? Like what does it practically look like for me to move from being a worker of God that also loves him to being primarily someone who moves through this place of loving God first and then from that space working and serving and repenting. So we're going to talk about how to actually do that. Those are the two main things. That being said, I'm going to kick us off a little prayer and then we'll get into it. Oh, Holy Spirit, we just welcome you. We just thank you that you're here, that you see us, that you know us. We thank you that um, you know each of us uniquely. You know what each of us need tonight. There's not one area in our lives and our thoughts and our actions that you aren't endlessly pursuing with your love. And so, Holy Spirit, I just pray that we would be open to receiving, that our hearts would be opened, our ears would be opened, and that tonight we would leave here loving you just a little more. It's in your name that we pray, Jesus. Amen. Okay, so... The order matters. This is something we're teaching from the heart that the Lord has really been imprinting on my heart probably the past, like, three-ish years really heavily. Uh, And I'm still here. Like, I'm still learning every day what it means to just primarily move from this place of being loved by God. And so the first part, as I mentioned, that we're going to go through is what does it look like for us to be Move from workers that happen to love God to people that first and foremost love God and work for him. So we're going to read through Mark 12, 28 through 31 as our main passage for tonight. And it's probably one that a lot of you have read and like, no, honestly. But we're just going to take a little different approach for it tonight because the order in which this is said matters. So it says... This is someone talking to Jesus. It says, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. The second 
is to love your neighbor as yourself. We serve an intentional God. Jesus is intentional in how he's answering this question. He's saying there's one greatest commandment, and yet the first part is that you are called to love the Lord with everything that you have. And then the second one is to love your neighbor as yourself. That we are primarily lovers of God first and foremost, and then people that serve God. See, the reality is for me, and I think for, for most of us, maybe this isn't relatable at all, and you know, I'll never teach again, and that's okay. Um, for most of us, we like to flip it around. Like I, I don't know if y'all know Enneagram, I'm an eight, vulnerability, being loved, loving, all of it, it's very difficult for me. <laughs> Sitting in the presence of God and being washed in his love for me and like giving all my affections to him in return, it's hard. <laughs> but if you wanna sign me up to go serve on a Sunday, count me in. You wanna give me a task to do, tell me to stack the chairs, got it covered. You think I should do my devotional? I should take time to sit with the Lord in the morning. I should go through the motions. I should love my neighbor. It's a lot easier. It's a task. And so often for me, and probably for some of you, we switch this around. We are people that work for God, and we forget to do things with God and to be loved by God as we do them. See, we have all these passions. We have passions for serving God. We have passions for serving others, for ministering to people, for discipling. We have passions to love on each other. We have passions to walk away from sin. We have passions to want to live holy lives. And we miss the fact that we don't have passion for God himself. And it's not black and white. It's not this or that. I'm not saying that we don't love God. I'm just saying that sometimes our primary focus is on everything else that has to do with serving God and being good and doing the right things. And we miss having passion for the holy creator that loves you deeply and stepped down off of his throne of heaven to pursue you. Um, I, I don't know if this is because I'm dating someone in the church or what it is. Maybe it's just the way that I've also been hurt by the church. I didn't start following Jesus until I was 18. And so I had like some pretty bad experiences with church people, honestly. I was like super rude, judgy, all the things, right? Um, and so I just, I have this passion. I want to speak to a little bit to people that are working here or working in ministry. Your actual job, your vocation is to do work for God. But as someone who's been called by Jesus, your first and primary goal is to love the Lord your God with everything that you have. Every slide you set up, every time you set up for worship, every time you come here, every deck you go through, everything that you run with these big events, man, I pray that they would overflow from this place of just being deeply in love with God and allowing him to love you back. And for all of us who aren't in ministry, like that's probably most of us, that's me. I work in technology. It's like the furthest thing from ministry. Um, I'm still, each of us, if we call upon Jesus, we're still called to do some form of ministry. 
We're called to serve God. We're called to love God. We're called to serve others. But we're also called to first and foremost love the Lord our God. That that would be our starting point. That everything else would flow from that place. That we wouldn't just have a passion for doing things for God or for walking in holiness or for being a good person. That we would have passion for God himself. There's a great quote by John Wimber. It'll be up on the screen so that y'all can follow. He is the founder of the Vineyard Church. That's the church that I came from. I'm a fan. I'm specifically a fan of this quote, and you'll probably hear me quote it multiple times if I'm ever up here again. But it says, it seems to me the more I think about not sinning, the more I sin. But the more I think about just loving Jesus, the less I seem to sin. Falling in love seems to be the key. What if everything on this side of heaven that's in that great commandment actually just starts with falling in love with Jesus? What if we've overcomplicated it with our systems, and our devotionals, all good things, we should do them. But what if we've overcomplicated it and it's really just about falling in love with the heart of Christ? Uh, I will share my personal story here. I have lots of background, lots of baggage, especially being someone who is unchurched, but this is one of my stories that I think relates here specifically. Um, so I started following Jesus when I was 18. I would say, Around the age of 22, I developed this really dark and really twisted porn addiction. It was introduced to me when I was like 12, 14. I have a pretty, I got this past, there's some stuff. But it really became something that like ate me alive when I was 22 years old. And I was shame spiraling. I was like, oh, I am the worst person ever. And the thing was, is I was doing all the right things. I really did love God. It wasn't my primary focus, which is key to call out here, but I really did love God. I was in my church. I was serving him. I was running a small group. People were coming to know Christ through me. I was evangelizing on the streets. I was doing all the right things. I was in the word every day. I was journaling every day. I was repenting. I was bringing it into the light. I had accountability. I set things up on my phone. I mean, I was, I was doing it right, guys. But it wasn't working. Shameless plug. Go to a counselor. <laughs> Often lust is like a secondary thing of something larger that has happened or is happening. Um, but Jesus is still the answer. And so for me, even though I was doing all the right things with really good intentions, intentions, my primary focus was not to love God. It was trying to fix my issue. And that's not a bad focus. I just had it, I just had it out of order. And when things are out of order, kind of like the cake, it just doesn't work. Or it's not as good as it could be. So I was meeting with a mentor, and she was like, I'll never forget, she said this to me. She said, Megan, what if more than God wants you to stop sinning in this way, what if he just wanted to be with you? And I was like, that's heresy. 
She's just enabling my sin. She's just basically like telling me I can do whatever I want because God loves me. I was very young. <laughs> I, was, I was very uh, works-based even though I knew it was by grace. But I started pondering on that a little bit. What if more, more than anything, more than God wanted me to serve him, to obey him, that he just wanted to be with me? Because he knew that if I was with him and I was loved by him the way that he wanted to love me, that everything else would change in my life. Maybe y'all uh, don't necessarily relate to the addiction that I had. Maybe you do. Maybe it's not a sin for you. But the reality is that on this side of heaven, there is brokenness. And so just to empathize with me in the story for a second, if you haven't felt this, you will, but, but what is that for you? Are you struggling with depression? Is it this never ending cycle where you're like, Lord, I just want out? Is it anxiety? Is it loneliness? Is it a season of singleness? Is it heartbreak? Is it insecurity? Where you're just like, God, I want to be done with this. I'm doing all the right things and I just keep struggling. Maybe it's a physical ailment. Maybe you're like, will I ever be past this thing? Will my family ever have restoration? Will my parents ever make up? Will my siblings and I ever get along? I don't know what it is, but what is it here on earth that in some form or fashion has just felt really overwhelming? And how can we pause in that moment and just think, man, more than God wants me to do something different, more maybe than he wants to bring healing, he just wants to be with me. So I started looking at the scriptures. The first one that I kind of started looking at, Genesis, easy go-to. And in Genesis, before there was sin in the world, it, uh, it says that God walked with us, that we did a lot of work in the garden. We did. We did lots of things. We were probably crushing it with the animals. Good stuff. But, but mainly what Genesis is about before sin and brokenness entered the world is that God was with us and that we walked with God. That being with God is crucial. That Jesus came down to have a redeemed and restored relationship with us personally. I read Romans 5, 5 through 8, where it says, When you were still sinners, when you were enemies to God, when you had no acts of service to offer him, no obedience, that that's when Jesus died for you. That's when he came down off his throne because he loved you and he wants that redeemed and restored relationship with you. And he knows that a redeemed and restored relationship with him where we experience the love of God and in return love him, it'll change everything. I think about the story of the prodigal son. And the story of the prodigal son is there is a father, he has two sons, one son takes all the riches, runs off. He goes and builds his own kingdom. That's what, I, I love to do that. I don't know about y'all. I love building my own kingdom. The Lord is like, I'm doing this. And I'm like, I got this working, Lord. This is working for me. And then what happens is it crashes. 
So in the story of the prodigal son, he runs off, he does his own thing, he builds his own kingdom, and then everything crashes. And so he runs back to the father, and the first thing the father does is says, I'm so glad you're home. He runs after him. He throws him a party. He says, I'm so glad you're home. And the story doesn't go on, but I'm sure after a few days, there were consequences, and he was called to do chores, and there was service that had to be done. I'm sure of it. But the primary focus that the father had was, I'm so glad to be back with you. See, I mentioned earlier that the order matters in how we pursue God. But there is also an order of how God pursues us. And his priorities aren't out of whack. He doesn't say, I see how much you could serve me. I see how much that you could obey me. I see what you can do for my kingdom. So I'm going to pursue you. No, he says, when you got nothing to offer, that's when I'm coming after you. He doesn't say, hey, son, you really messed up. Shouldn't have taken that money. That's not the first thing he says. The first thing he says is, I'm so glad you're here. And so through the years, I've been thinking about that. I've been thinking about that with with the addiction that I had. I thought about that with the other things that I've struggled with, the ways that I've even just like idolized my good works. Just like, man, I mean, more than anything, God wants to be with me. That the order of operations in his pursuit of me is first to lavish me in this unfailing love and then to call me into change. And that the orders of operations for me in pursuing him is very similar and that I am first and foremost called to receive the love of God and in return love him with everything I have before I step out and go do ministry. Before I try to fix all the ways that I am not doing well and I force this like striving of obedience before I step into that place, I am first and foremost called to love the Lord my God. To taste and see that the Lord is good. Uh, I was reading a book by a woman, and she's great. Her name is Linda something. Didn't write it down. Yeah, she's great. I'll tell you all later. Come find me. But she says, you become what you behold. And sometimes, I think at least for myself, we behold like being a good person or being a good Christian or doing the right things. And so then what we become is people with really good behavior modification. But if we behold Jesus, if we behold the beauty of the king, the one that we just sang about, the one that pursues us, has this unfailing, undying, unconditional love for us, we will become like Jesus. And so it's not that you don't, I want to keep saying this, it's not that we don't serve, it's not that we don't do our devotionals, it's not that we don't repent from sin, it's that we behold Christ and we let him do the work in us that only he can do. Because we want heart transformation, not behavior modification. Jesus didn't go through the brutality of the cross for you to just have good behavior. He died for heart transformation and for you to have life and life to the full. And from that place flows everything else of serving him for his kingdom. So that's the first part. Second part will be a lot shorter. Thanks for bearing with me. So I mentioned earlier, order matters. First part is, what does it look like for us to be lovers of God that work and not just workers for God that love? The second part is that how piece. 
like, awesome, Megan. I like everything you're saying. Maybe you don't. That's okay, too. Either way, how? And this is it. It's actually quite simple. It's why it's the shorter part. If the order matters, the first order of operations in this how do we love God with all of our mind, all of our heart, all of our, all of our soul, and all of our strength is this. It's this thing we call in the Christian world the gospel, where we first and foremost sit in the presence of the Holy Spirit and allow the love of God to wash over us in a way that it changes us. That we want to be people that, we don't want to just read the word, like open our Bibles and read it. We want to feast on it. We want it to change us. We want to pause and stop when the Lord tells us to. We don't want to just call upon the presence of the Holy Spirit. We want to sit in the presence of the Holy Spirit and live from that place. There's, there's a, a phrase in Genesis that says, Adam knew Eve. And this is before brokenness. This is before sin and brokenness into the world. And that word know is not know head knowledge. The word know is this deep, intimate knowledge of knowing each other. And this really sweet and intimate and, and delighted relationship. That's the way that we want to know God. So first order of operations, as I mentioned, recap, we want to not just feast or not just read the word, we want to feast on it. We don't want to just know the Holy Spirit, we want to be with the Holy Spirit. There's an awesome preacher, she's 77 years old, she's still killing it out there, her name is Jill Briscoe, I know her name, and she says this, she said, God proves the unfailing love that he has for us through the cross. But the Holy Spirit secures it. There's not a doubt in our minds that we know because it's been proven in our heads that God loves us. Because that's been proven through the cross. But we need the Holy Spirit to secure that truth in our hearts in a way that it changes who we are. So get in the presence of God. Sum it up. Second thing, once you, this is where I get excited, I'll have to reel it in. Once you experience the heart of the Father, and like it never stops, right? Like his love is so big and his heart towards you is so um, just unimaginable. It's not of this earth, it's from heaven, right? And so it's so good that I promise you, you won't be able to do anything, even if it's just for a moment, but to return that love to him. So it starts with one, first receiving the love of God, and then two, in return, taking the greatest commandment and loving him with everything that we have. That's the second order of operations in this how. And it's a part of that greatest commandment, to love him with everything that we have. The good part is we don't have to do it out of this place of like, I'm called to love God with everything, so I should. We get to do it from this place of first and foremost being lavished in the love of God and being able to sit in his presence. Fully accessible, heaven on earth. And then the third order of operations of how we do this greatest commandment of loving God with everything that we have, and then loving our neighbor, obeying him, serving him, is really, it's quite simple. We just kind of let the chips fall where they may. 
Like, you should do it. But I promise you, when you start beholding, even for myself, the more I behold Christ, the more I become like him. And so the more I enjoy the deep love of the Father, the more I love God, the more I naturally go out and do ministry. The more I naturally serve, the more I naturally love others, the more I like stop thinking about sin. I don't struggle with that anymore. I can sit. I never thought I'd be able to sit in front of all y'all and just talk about my like dark secret. Just doesn't have a hold on me. Because it's all about falling in love with Jesus. So in that how-to, we first and foremost get in the presence of God and let the love he has for you, that deep affection for you, let it wash over you. Two, in return, love him deeply. Don't worry. You will. It's just too good. That's why he says, taste and see the Lord is good. And then three, go out and do ministry. Serve others, love on people, repent, uh, walk in holiness, but get your order of operations right. Because just like that picture of the cake, when we try to do things out of order, it just doesn't work. It has to first be mix the stuff together, bake it in the oven, and then ice it. All right. Great job, y'all. So quick recap. We talked about two main things tonight. One, what does it look like for us to be primarily lovers of God? That who we are at our core are people that love Jesus deeply. And not just people that do a lot of things for him. Two, how do we do that? Receive the love he has for us. Return that affection and love in return. And then go out into the world. I know, it sounds so easy. And sometimes I think it is. I think that it's easier than we make it. Um, yeah, so that's the recap of what we went through tonight. And I, I think what I would challenge y'all, and I would just kind of end on this, is I wonder if some of us need to pause and just be with the Lord and ask, do I need to go back to the basics? Do I need to maybe drop this service thing I've been doing or step away from this area or sabbatical from this space for a little bit? There is a point where like I read the word of God, but I didn't read chapters and I didn't journal. I just read a few parts and then I would do my ABCs with God and I would say, God, you're awesome. You're beautiful. You're compassionate. You're everlasting. Every single letter, I would just go through the character traits of God. That if this is a love story about falling in love with Jesus, maybe some of us just need to go back to the basics. And the best part, the best part about this is that unlike the cake, where when you bake a cake, shocker, you can only bake that cake once. But on this side of heaven, in the love story that we get to be in with Jesus, every day we can just wake up and say, show me more of your heart today. What I see more clearly how you love and care for me. And in return, would I love you more? Would I leave my time with you today knowing more about your heart towards me and in return being more madly and more deeply in love with who you are, Jesus? We can do that over and over and over again and it'll never stop because it's so beautiful. So
So I'm going to pray for us, and then we can have a fun discussion, or we can go do whatever we would like to do out there. But I'm just going to end us in prayer really quick, and then pass it on over to Crispy. Father, we thank you so much for your heart towards us. That it is compassionate and kind. That it is steadfast in the way that it pursues us. That your love is this never-ending, unconditional, beautiful thing that we just get to receive here. Let's just receive for a second. Holy Spirit, come. Lord, I just pray that this week that you would show us the areas and spaces that we need to, to pause in our service, in our works, in our striving for our behavior to be better, and that we would just first and foremost fall more in love with who you are because of how you first loved us. We love you and we praise you, and it is in your name that we would do any of this and pray any of this, Jesus.